Whew, well, that was something. Okay, a little bit of a cold opening here. Um, welcome to episode 221 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, this is just Owen um, right now. Uh, I'll explain later why Fong isn't here, but I'm coming to you literally minutes after the game. So, the Kings unfortunately lose their home opener, uh, their first game of the season, 108-115 to to the Trailblazers at home. And here are some quick thoughts about the game. It was um, it was exciting. Like I, I'm I'm coming to you literally uh, minutes after, as you know, after watching the game, you're I'm a little hyped up to say the least. So if I stumble with my words, I'm sorry. But yes, very back and forth game. Uh, Kings Kings start out really bad. They trailed by almost nine or ten. They, yeah, they trailed by nine after the first quarter. However, they fought back in the second quarter, and then the third quarter actually got up ten. But this is kind of where I feel this. Is, I, I don't know if I actually said it before, but I felt that the Kings were going to get off to a slow start because, first of all, it's part, partly is the schedule. They're going to face the Clippers next. So that's going to that's going to be tough now that you lost this game. Um, but I think they're on a back to back. Let me just check their schedule really quickly. Just uh, yeah, a little live checking right now so no they're not on a back-to-back -back. so likely Kawhi and Paul George will play um on Saturday but the thing the thing with that is like you could this was a winnable game and you know if you don't bank this one in this things might get tough real quick but um what happened in the third quarter well the Kings got up 10 and things were kind of flowing their way it was it, everything's everything was good vibes were flowing but then they started get, doing King stuff and by King stuff, I mean giving up straight line drives. The guy that really stands out to me, Josh Hart, just an absolute locomotive in uh, in transition. And just anytime he got near the rim, it just felt like he was going to make a layup no matter what. And great, just he's just a really good finisher. But the fact is, the Kings gave him a lot of straight line drives. He made he made quite a few, and it kept the and it kept the Blazers close. And then Jeremy Grant, I've been kind of down on Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant is good. I will admit it. He's he's a good player. And he managed to, you know, get his own straight line drives and hit some big buckets. And that basically got them in back into the game until about the until about the fourth quarter, where like they tied the game and then they started out pretty well in the 4-2. It then devolves into just chaos where just exciting basketball back and forth. And unfortunately, the Kings, this is the other Kings part that I'm talking about. Um, this actually like dates all the way back to the third quarter, actually, where while they were giving up straight line drives, like as soon as the bonus, um, stepped off the floor, it, it was Rashawn. And this is not even a fault to Rashawn or anything. Like it's not really directly correlated to him, but the Kings offense starts to stagnate. In preseason, I had said that the Kings, it seemed like they've, the ball isn't sticky anymore. Like they would pass it around and get it to the big man, and then he would do a dribble pitch or like some kind of screen roll. Basically, it wouldn't be a guy dribbling in place looking for a screen. Well, unfortunately, in the third quarter, that was back. And that was one of the reasons why they, they basically just gave up that 10-point lead, and it was a tie game going into the fourth. And then in the fourth, just met like the stagnation kind of continue and then you know it kind of devolves into fourth quarter offense where you know it's individual brilliance over anything and kings basically made assortment of just mental mistakes they got they got a few stops that they needed and then one particular play play that like really sticks out to me was when deer they get a stop um dame rushes a three kind of almost hits it off the backboard nope that doesn't even hit the rim they get um, I think Fox gets the rebound. I forgot. It was like Terrence Davis or someone. Anyway, Fox comes up with a ball and just charges into Jeremy Grant. Just in that, that was the moment where it was, I think, yeah, I think after that, Jeremy Grant made a and one layup and that was where the game kind of fell apart. Like they were like still these little mental mistakes that they made at the end. And like in the third quarter, just giving up easy layups, running stagnant offense. And then at the end, having to rely on individual brilliance, which is hit or miss at best a lot of the time. And that's kind of how they end up losing this game. Now, are there good things to kind of take take away from this? Yeah, there's a lot. Like, Darren Fox, I don't know how real this is, really good from three. Kevin Herter, really good from three. The bench, like, the bench, like, they can shoot. But unfortunately, like, they rely on the three a little bit too much. Like, they jacked 44 threes this game and, you know, shot 38% on them, made 17. That's not bad. 
but like when the three isn't going down you can see things start to stagnate and just the offense starts to look a little ugly and then that's just it's, it's not good it's not great basketball to watch however when they get stops when they start running on transition and get open quick easy shots that's when basketball is beautiful for the kings they need to kind of get back to that and you know like the the one way to kind of solve this um stagnation like when sabonis is off the floor just play absolute lockdown defense and that's the part where i think the kings were going to start slow because it's going to take a time take some time to adjust to mike brown's defensive schemes you could still see a few issues like where rotations were a bit slow they kind of have to rely on the other team to miss their three like blazers didn't even hit that many threes this game they only hit 11 but they did shoot 39 percent. they only shot 28 but like every three they hit felt crucial and like you know, they Kings still give up those ty- types of open threes like constantly, it feels. And they need to clean up on that. And I think throughout the season, like the defense is going to start catching up. However, it's going to get early quick. Although, you know, there are teams that are tanking or maybe they're not because the Jazz beat the Nuggets for some reason in this game. They're going to they're going to turn on the tanking meter soon. But uh, anyways. Like they're gonna, it's gonna take a little bit of time. It's it's not gonna get any easier. This was a game you definitely, you know, should have should have won. But you know, it, it is it is what it is. Uh, like th- there are good. It's gonna take some time. I feel. And you know, I'm I'm of course you know a bit of a homer. I'll get I'll give him a little bit of a break. But it's not it's not crazy to overreact right now. Or I sh- we shouldn't overreact right now. You know, give it give it about twenty games before you really know what this team is. Uh, you know, like Mike Brown has been told, has been said, like, oh, he's really building a lot of, like, building a lot of good. He's building the culture behind the scenes, and we'll see, and we'll see if that's really the case. But as it stands right now, there are a lot of things I like. There are, unfortunately, there are still some things I don't like that I wish they were iron out. And this will just simply just take more reps, really. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, ultimately, tough loss. Like, you know, just. The, the Golden One Center crowd was ready for a win. They're like, this is a different atmosphere. A lot of people are talking about like online, like their Kings are ready for the playoffs. They, they're they're thirsting for the playoffs, and you got to feed that thirst somehow. Um, so, you know, I think it's not. It, I don't think it's over. I don't think it's um an overreaction, or I don't think it's time to overreact yet. I think you know, Kings just got to iron some things out, and they'll be good. They'll be good going forward if they can clean those things up. I said that last year. They didn't clean it up. So, again, give it 20 games, and then we'll see where things are. Uh, one thing the Kings got to clean up. They got they had so many ridiculous, just dumb turnovers. Fox had eight turnovers this game, and a lot of them were just him literally just letting the ball slip out of his hands. So that, that will kind of clear itself out in a, in a bit. Um, just, you know, there's just, like, little things that they got to do, okay? Wow, Kevin Hurd was plus 16. I guess somebody needs to play it a little bit more. Malik Mo, minus 18. Wow. I mean, Malik Malik wasn't bad. It was just Kevin Kevin Hunter could miss this game. Six for nine from three. Should have been seven for nine, but uh his foot was on the line on that uh final three. Um yeah, um really bad calls this game. I feel like, you know, of course, me being a homer, there were some bad calls I felt going towards the Kings. And of course, there were probably there were some bad calls going against the Blazers too. Uh, but the fact that the Kings had what twenty five thousand, the Blazers only had seventeen. Like, sure, Kings aren't a good defense. They did, but there were a lot of just really bad phantom calls that I really didn't like. And then, it, and then the Blazers ended up shooting thirty three free throws. They ended up uh, making twenty six, and the Kings only get nineteen, but but make thirteen, and only make thirteen. Like, uh, I hate to be a homer on that, but you got like, come on, you, you got to give us some love and. Also, Kings, Kings, like, they need to rebound a little better sometimes because, like, Josh Hart, as I mentioned, killed the Kings. He got a few crucial rebounds. Justice Winslow got felt like he got way too many offensive rebounds. And, you know, they actually went small, which was interesting at the end. They basically ran uh, a Damian Lillard, Josh Hart, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, and Justice Winslow at center. And while it wasn't the worst idea to, to you know, um, go to Domas, down low against Winslow, although I don't feel like they did it in the right way. Like I thought the matchup they needed to go to was uh was Barnes on Simons. 
and because Simons was absolutely lighting the Kings up. He actually led the, I don't know, uh, Jeremy Grant led the Blazers. Interesting. But Simons had some, had some big shots and like, that's one where you can kind of wear him out. And yeah, just a, t- just again, a, kind of a tough loss, but you know, again, little things, turnovers, bad offense, uh, bad offense, you know, be better on defense. Like, you know, this this team has a lot to do, and we'll we'll see how things go um, towards towards the like towards the middle of the season. Uh, as it stands right now, tough loss. We're gonna face the Clippers next, and that one's gonna be tough. And uh, yeah, it, oh, I should I should say it now. Uh, if you're not wondering, if you're wondering uh, why Fong isn't here, uh, he is actually at the game uh, today. I did not get to go to the game because I have work tomorrow, and Lord knows what time I'm gonna what time I'm gonna get at home, basically, and. Uh, you know, have, have to go to work early. So he's at the game. Uh, you'll be hearing him after the commercial break about like what it was be, to be there live at the game. From what I heard, the atmosphere was amazing. Uh, by the way, a uh, full sellout. Uh, they announced uh, I think seven seventeen six eleven was the full capacity crowd, which is pretty cool. Like, you know, it's the early in the season. It's, you know, fans are still excited. Let's hope the Kings can win and just continue to feed that excitement. Yep, got a call coming, but we will answer it later. All right. Um, in other news, just quickly talk about um just the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the league. Let's see. Uh, Nuggets for some reason lost to the Jazz. That was weird. Pistons against Magic. I don't have much to say about that. Wizards beat the Pacers. Um, Hawks, you know, should beat the Rockets. Pelicans Nets. That was an ugly one. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know about the Nets, man. Just getting punked by the Pelicans that way. Uh, Zion is back and just he only had 25 points. It felt like he has like 60 against Ben Simmons. He ate Ben Simmons like barbecue chicken. The the league is going to be in for in for a, a treat with uh, Zion back. He is you know you know um, noticeably a monster. Um, um, Knicks or Grizzlies beat the Knicks. That was a really amazing. That was a pretty incredible game. That final three by Cam Reddish. I love that play. You know, good old Cam Reddish. I haven't heard a lot of good things about him so. You know, good on him for making that three. Yeah, again, Nuggets lose to the Jazz for some reason. Uh, Suns beat the Mavericks, even though on Twitter you would have thought the Mavericks were absolutely, you know, punking punking these shit out of the Suns. But uh, I think Christian Wood had a really good game. But all of a sudden they just they I think they went on a Damian Lee jumper was what I read. We'll see. We'll see what what that was all about. But yeah. Overall, great night of NBA basketball, you know, and Kings, even though they lost, was, a, was an amazing game. Amazing atmosphere. This is a new look Kings, and we'll see if the, well, for now, it looks like a new look Kings. We'll see if this this turns into something, because even had they won this game, I would have said, calm your horses a little bit. We got to give them about 20 games to see what they really are. And right now, it's not off to a great start, but again, as I've said just throughout this um, throughout this rambling, I guess, just, you, you gotta be patient a little bit and get, give it 20 games and we'll, we'll, and hopefully like they'll have, they'll be at least hopefully like 10 and 10 or 500 or something along those lines around there. Let's not hope like three or three out of 11 or three of 17 that, oh man, with this roster, that's rough. Although, you know, a lot of people say tank for women, Yama, but you know, you put together this roster and you still suck. Like, man, that, that's going to be tough. Okay. All right, so after the commercial break, you're going to be hearing um, what it was like for Fong to be there. And we are back. And before uh, we uh, give it over to Fong to talk about the incredible atmosphere that he was a part of. Uh, so news came out yesterday. I should have talked about it before the break, which was yesterday. Um, yeah, you know, taking by the scenes. This is a day after um, the commercial. I'm recording this a day after the game, basically. Uh, so uh, the Kings have now... Uh, been moved on to TNT um, on November 15th when they go up against the Nets in the Golden 1 Center. That will now be a TNT game at 7 o'clock. Um, the NBA decided to move Jazz versus Knicks off of that because, you know, Donovan Mitchell drama. Well, Donovan Mitchell ain't on that team anymore. Neither is Rudy Gobert. So they're probably going to be maybe a shit team. I mean, they beat the Nuggets last night for some reason. But yes, uh, the Kings move on to the uh national tv they will be on 
uh, TNT against uh, Kevin Durant and the Nets, or hopefully they'll still be there. Uh, we'll see what happens. That was not a pretty game uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. So, all right, let, let's go. Let's go to fall. You were at this game. Tell me about that atmosphere. Was it like as as good as it sounded through the TV? Oh yeah, and a uh, little disclaimer: I did sit up in the uh, nosebleeds this time around, and uh, what you would call it. I got to say, the crowd was pretty wild. <laughs> uh, I forgot what Shump, what I specifically said in uh, Fox's video. It's not the crowd, or something about not down here, but it's up there in, in the 300s. Yeah, like, well, I, I don't know what that quote means. Sorry about that, too. But, like, just through the TV, you could just hear the just an extra level of noise. That you would hear for a playoff game. Wob even, or why Wobby on Twitter was even saying these kings are ready for the playoffs, you know, kind of trollingly, but it, like really they're, they're kind of, it, it's that kind of like, it, there was like blood in the air. That's what it felt like. It was bloodthirst. Like every single call that went against the Kings booze, every, anything the Kings did, especially on a fast break when they make a three, like it was it like the noise just exploded through the t- through the TV. That tip dunk by TD, like that was kind of just when it felt like the, the building levitated. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Like like you said, every every free, every fast break, it's just huge cheers and everyone just got off with their feet. I don't know if it I couldn't tell from the war floor because you know i guess that's where the tv usually shows but everyone in the upper bowl felt like the energy like really the energy was there especially when it came to the refs <laughs> when the refs when everyone thinks it was a bad call everyone in unison would say refs you suck and towards the end it's like fuck you refs because it was it was a lot of calls on the king's side the there was like before the game you know of course they introduced the officials like on the monitor and like it comes it and then the broadcast there they basically have like you just stare at the ref for a bit there was one ref like there were two refs they're smiling they're being friendly one ref literally stared into my soul i don't know what that was but it was like some he took something personally and it seemed like he had something per, like a little bit personal against the kings and Look, I don't love to harp on refs. It, they, it was definitely bad on both sides. At the same time, it did feel like the Kings got a short end of the stick on a lot of those touch fouls because, my God, this, this game lasted until 10. And, like, you know, these games normally end at, like, 9.30 if it's not, like, too many fouls. Kings got called for 25, and I believe the 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 uh, Blazers only got called for, like, 17 or 19. Like 17, yeah. 17. There was a disparity, and it's, like, Portland's defense was not good (laughs) like let's not let's not you know um let's not like pull any punches and like I don't think the Kings fouled them that much more and whatever for whatever reason we just got the short end of the stick on that I felt (sighs) oh yeah Uh, and uh so yeah just uh, the experience of just being there um like it's I I mean I wish I could have been there but you know uh, like I I have work the next day, so I just mm. couldn't have couldn't have gone. I talked about it like in the first half, but you were you were able to be there, and you know, it, it w- hopefully like we get to go to more games like this kind of atmosphere. It is the first game; optimism is at its highest, and we got like a hopeful crowd that had a bunch of life in it, and hopefully, the Kings give them reason to you know bring life to the arena. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I sounded a little. Um short answered i guess that's even a word but uh yeah no i i just got pretty big news for the niners mm, okay well yeah i so i did talk about uh you will talk about the niners but and uh i have nothing else so it so if you want to talk about the niners uh so let's let, let's talk about the news first before we get to the falcons game what, what's going on so i just found out that we're getting christian mccaffrey <laughs> McCaffrey, sorry, from the Panthers going to the Niners. So that's pretty huge. So, yeah, draft picks for Christian McCaffrey. Is Christian McCaffrey any good? Oh, he's good. All right. Uh, The team itself, um, I don't know. I don't follow the Panthers that well, but acquiring him, it's it's probably a huge upgrade because our um, 
uh, what you would call Elijah Mitchell has been injured literally first week. So we have our backup. Uh, what was his name? Jeff Wilson Jr. I think his name was. So I mean, he's he he's been doing real well. Um, he himself, but I mean, from him to Christian McCaffrey, I mean, it's a it's a big upgrade. Okay, like I'm not trying to be snarky or anything. But does it matter that it's Jimmy G like passing to him? Like, does that? Oh, like, this is a running back, by the way. I, I I know, but what I mean is like, like the the issue is what, what I'm trying to say is like, is Jimmy G gonna be able to actually throw it to him accurately? I don't think he's gonna get from two. I hope not. I mean, how running backs work is when you get the snap, all all Jimmy G has to do is handed to him. <laughs> are, are we sure he's not going to hand it just a little too high for him? For some, I don't know how you would even do that. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be pretty hilarious, but I, okay. Okay. That, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, no, there's no throwing involved unless somehow he gets tossed into a play where he has to for a hold to him, I guess. But yeah, all he has to do is grab the ball from Jimmy G and run through the whoever opposing team's defense. Wob has a great saying about like the Knicks of last year, where the, he basically said the the Knicks don't find ways to lose; they invent them. So is Jimmy G going to invent a way to lose a game this way? Do you think? Um, at this point, to be honest, uh, <laughs> the injuries are going to find a way for us to lose because. I mean, as good as Christian McCaffrey is, he is also injury prone. And knowing the Niners, he, they, there's a lot of injuries. I, let me count real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. A lot of people love this trade on Twitter, by the way. Hmm. What was, do you know the specifics of the trade? Because I, I couldn't. Uh- I'm I'm just reading uh, in, in exchange for draft picks from Adam Schefter. Hmm. I wonder how many. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to be honest, I would say one of the major reasons why we're losing is injuries because we have a lot of injuries, both on the offensive and and def- definitely the defensive side. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, Jimmy G is going to do the Jimmy G stuff. We had like. Uh, let's talk about the game real quick. I guess I guess Atlanta. We have three turnovers. Yeah, right. Just just right right before you do that, there, I finally ran across one one guy who said this is a terrible trade. Okay, <laughs> sure. But uh, was about to say three turnovers to an Atlanta zero turnovers. So there was, I believe, like I forgot how many interceptions, but he had at least one. Um, kind of his fault he, i remember he was throwing to debo uh and i mean it was a little too high debo tried to catch it kind of tipped off his fingers and you know what happened to his hands and not, yeah. not even debo can can stay off of chisel adonis's uh, meme <laughs> yeah i mean it, it was thrown a little too high in my opinion he tipped it off and there was a safety right behind him. So pretty much it was an easy grab. Um, so yeah, other than that, yeah, it was, a, it was a, not a pretty game, but I mean, it's, we're still what three and three, I think. Yeah. So uh, n- nothing crazy. It's just, you know, a loss is always going to suck. I'll just, I just wanted to get your thought. I watched the highlights and honestly could not get much from it. Like it was just one of those kinds of games. Yeah, and like I said, injuries did play a big role as well. Um, we lost Nick Bosa still, Javon Kinlaw still out, Eric Armstead still out, uh, out Shair's out. Um, let's see, Trey Lance of course out. Uh, like I said, Elijah Mitchell out. Um, Trent Williams out. Oh, I'm trying to remember who else. Emmanuel Mosley is out. Yeah, there, how many did I list already? I like, lost count. That's how yeah, many. Yeah, so. that, literally, that's how many we've lost in terms of injuries for the Niners. So hopefully everyone's going to be healthy 
if we ever make it close to the playoffs. But, you know, this is kind of like how last year went. Um, very choppy starts, uh, some injuries from here and there. And uh, uh, let's see what else. I mean, to be honest, I I mean, some of these games is like should have been easy wins, but it is what it is, to be honest. Would you be disappointed? Like, see just how last year went, where, you know, you guys start out really bad and you guys literally like squeak into the playoffs and you guys made a run. The 49ers made a run. Mm-hmm. Would it be disappointing? Let's just say some similar situation, but you don't squeak it. Would it, would it be a disappointing season if that happens? Uh, in my opinion, Mm. I would say no for now. I'm probably going to think otherwise if that ever does happen again. But for now, it's like, it is what it is. These injuries are just going to be plaguing us for a little while. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you just can't turn off injuries. And, you know, it always sucks. Like, you never get to, like, Trey Lance was supposed to get a full year of development at this point and he's yeah. not getting it. And that's going to set you guys back. And yeah, um, it's injuries suck, whether in basketball or football, in any sports. And, you know, like, hopefully, like, one of these days, everything just comes, I guess, comes full circle for you guys and, or all, all comes together for you guys. <clears throat> and you guys can make an, like, a fair run to the, um, hopefully, the Super Bowl. Um, details about the pick, uh, so or details about the trade. So 49ers get uh Christian McCaffrey, Panthers get a so you're gonna have to tell me if these are valuable. So a sec so in 2023, the Panthers get a second round pick, a third round pick, a fourth round pick, and then a 2024 a fifth round pick from the 49ers. So wait, that's five picks. That is five picks. <laughs> I mean Christian McCaffrey's worth it in some ways. It's kind of hard to say because, you know, those, some of those picks could be, you know, boom or bust, really. Uh, I, I see. So, like, well, I'm not going to ask you how to break it down, but, you know, this is not the Rudy Gobert trade or anything like that, right? You know, five first round picks type thing. No, these are like different round picks. I mean, Anything kind of goes. Uh, this is, you know, based off of uh, well, just college highlights, which I mean, I, I don't watch too much college ball, but I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine any scouts having to watch every single um, college football game because I feel like it's a lot more intense than NBA scout scouting for um, college b- uh, basketball. Okay, this uh, th- this tweet got me. Panthers are tanking for Wimbenyama. <laughs> that's that's a good. Funny. That's a good. That's a good one. I like that one. Uh, <laughs> anything else you got to say about the Niners? Well, let's hope we win against. Uh, let's see who are we facing next week, or I meant this Sunday. Sorry. Ba-ba-ba. Oh, I'm so dumb. Is it? I think it's uh the it's Kansas, right? Yeah, Kansas City. <clears throat> For some so, reason, I remember that. I think I saw it somewhere. So it's it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. <laughs> That's all I could say. Yeah, um, like uh, Patrick Mahomes made like the first like really bad pass that I've seen like him make. I haven't watched football for a while, so get off my get off my ass about that. But he finally made a mistake, and it cost them against. I I already forgot the team that they played last week, but the Bills, the Bills, yeah, that cost them the game. And yeah, Patrick Mahomes is good. Like he that this guy like he always he's got really good blockers too. Like you gotta give credit to them. Always mm-hmm. finds a way to make the pass. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, the way he throws some of his passes, it's like he kind of I don't I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> he just it may, uh, makes it through guys with no problem. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about the Niners before we move on to the final topic? Uh, no, that should be all I think. All right, well then let's move to the final topic. House of the Dragon. I believe it is episode nine, correct? Uh, I hope so, yeah. It is one episode before the season finale. We'll just say that. Yeah. A lot of stuff happened. So 
so let, I'll just quickly just recap kind of the three big points. The, so um, I guess first big point, uh, first big point, um, the series dies, as we all suspected. So then they go look for uh, Aegon, Aegon, because Viserys, with his dying breath, said that Aegon is the chosen one. And Allison assumes that's her Aegon. Um, it is, I think it is, I think it's been very clearly implied it is not Aegon. A so they basically go on like a giant scavenger hunt for Aegon. They go to, he, she sends Aemond and like, uh, what's it? Her father sends um, the twin brothers, Eric and Eric. I don't know. Is that how you pronounce it? Eric and Eric, I think. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Either way, it's a pair of twin brothers. We don't, that, that's not important. Yeah. But basically, they're looking for Aegon. A they go on a giant scavenger hunt. They got to pay people money to find out where he is. Ultimately, he they find him. Basically, she's been captured by this, I guess, this but this, I, I, not not to be mean, this brothel uh, runner. Like, that. that's what I got. That's the vibe I got from the lady that ended up giving them the information. They find him. Aegon doesn't want to be a king at all. But then they then they basically take him to, they have a ceremony, uh, like, really quickly to crown him king. And all of a sudden, he gets cheered, and he loves it. But before he's able to celebrate, I already forgot her name. The old lady, the, the old lady that's a that's a Targaryen rises from underground, gets on her dragon, looks him dead in the eye, doesn't kill you know uh, everyone that's on the stage, um, basically worshiping Aegon, and instead flies away. That is the gist of the episode. And if you're thinking like, "Wow, that's a big development," unfortunately, that's not what's most talked about during this episode. <laughs> But oh, we'll, really? we'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about that in a bit. But your, your thoughts on the episode, your thoughts on Aegon, your thoughts on just how the episode was. I'm going to have to say, if Aegon didn't want to be king, he shouldn't be king, regardless of what was it, whatever prophecy that Ellison uh, heard from the Viserys. But yeah, my thoughts were like, if Aegon didn't want to be king, couldn't he just reject it himself anyway? Well, he tried, but they forced him. I mean, towards the end, he he seemed to like to embrace it, not going to lie. Um, well, you know, when you have people just cheering, you get that rush of adrenaline. You know, like so people say, like, when you, you got to get into a role. And he got into a role. He, he started feeling himself. And then he started, you know, embracing the cheers. Sadly enough, like at the end with uh, the princess and the dragon, I was like, "Please, just, just say it. Please, please say the, the, <laughs> the words." Um, Dracaris, I believe. Yeah, Dracaris. Just please say it. And then she turns around. I'm like, "No, no. Why? Just, just go ahead and finish this off. It's so easy. It, it's, it would have been the Game of Thrones way." But here's the thing. There would be no story after that. There'd be no <laughs> sequel. Like I'm watching uh, like a lot of Chinese dramas lately, and a lot of times I'm just like, "You guys are so fucking dumb. Don't trust this guy. Just let him die." And then guess what? Everything is soft. There's you know, be ten episodes in and it's done instead of thirty instead of twenty more episodes. That's just how these plots work. She she basically you know in in the uh, post credits they basically said. Well, she sees that Allison is a is a mother, and she does not want to kill a mother. Whatever that that's that bullshit. <laughs> you guys, you guys want to five more seasons? That's what it really is. Uh, yeah. To be honest, I, I, whatever happens after the finale, I don't even know what's gonna. I mean, are they gonna make a new season? Oh, just, oh yeah, of course. They're not gonna be able to close this in one episode. Oh man, like what else happened in this episode? Jeez. Now, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll I'll recap it a little bit more. Uh, so a so a what what are your what were your thoughts on Amond? I mean, even though he's a prick, he is definitely should have been the better king out of between Aegon and Amond. He, he's giving me cool guy vibes now. Like he, he's one of those like <laughs> like like you know to use a wrestling term he's a he's a cool heel now he's like he's a guy that's definitely qualified he's an absolute prey he's a he's definitely a villain 
but he's a cool villain. Like he's a guy that, you know, is badass, can fight and, you know, has like, he's not like snarky or anything, but like he, and he's not like particularly funny, but he is witty in a way, if that makes any sense. Like he, he says some zingers, like, you know, like he's saying, he, like when Aegon says, I, why do you guys want me to be king? I don't want you to be king. You kidding me? Like it's kind of stuff like that. He says like genuinely like really good lines. Mm-hmm. Uh well, uh, we'll have to see. I guess by next episode. Because uh, did you watch the preview? Of course, of course. Why, why wouldn't I watch it? Yeah, yeah. It's the season. It's gonna be the season finale next episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I just don't see how they're gonna be able to close it in that episode. So they're definitely gonna be a second season. I assume. I could mm-hmm. be wrong, but I don't think I'm, I don't think I am on this one. But. Uh, so um, during this episode, there is no, there are no appearances from the uh, from Renera or Damon. Yeah. It basically takes place in one day. Like after Viserys dies, they try to keep it on a low profile. Don't let the word get out that Viserys has died. Try to ascend because uh, Renera is the rightful heir because Viserys has named her, named her the heir, and basically they want to. Uh, usurp the throne the high towers they want to just promote Aegon as soon as possible before word gets out um Vernera had returned to Dragonstone there was a, at one point a a guy that was in the throne room when the news was broken like in behind closed doors he tries to escape and try to uh, warn Renera, but he is not able to and ends up being executed so yeah so this episode, no Renera, no Damon it's gonna it's building up to next episode where they're gonna they go find out and you know it's a it, it's in, it's an interesting lead and we'll see what they do in the last episode season finales in game of thrones i if like for the most part i remember being very long so there could be a lot of ground they're going to cover in next episode mm, that'll be interesting uh i guess we'll have to see man i i already forgot what happened oh i wonder if there's gonna be uh more stuff about uh what's What's his name? Uh, who's the queen's uh, friend? The... Let's talk about the most talked about scene during, oh, really? during this episode. That's the most talked about? I'm surprised. You know how the internet is. We're like, yes, there was a dragon that came from underground. She is now, I think, what, called a dragon tamer or whatever. She was given a name, uh, the, the princess. But no, the most talked about thing that I saw on Twitter was the foot fetish scene. Yes, Larry's. Um, basically um, tells uh, Allison that that basically how news got out was because the maids had been leaking information out. Essentially, it's always so funny, like leaking information, I always think of like Shams and uh, Woj on Twitter. Uh-huh. They are literally, they are literally like um, in the original game of theirs, you're not going to know these guys. Littlefinger and uh, Varys are literally just like, of Shams and Woj in the Game of Thrones universe. A- anyways, yes. So Larry's talk basically is during that, uh, this is a very fluid conversation, but basically he's like saying, you have a problem. I know how to solve it. And while like, while um, Larry's is going through like this progression, like I know the problem, I know how to solve it and I'm going to solve it for you. There are three, three things, right? That, just think of it this way. But each each stage, he has Allison t- essentially show her like take she takes off her shoe, then takes off her sock, and then at the very end, Larry starts masturbating. It is a just a very weird scene. I rewatched it just to see what the what the lines were during this, just because if there was an escalation on that scene. I was just like, what in the fuck is this? It just feels like they've done this before, so. That's my first thought. So it was I. It, it flowed. It was a scene that flowed, right? Yeah. It was a conversation again, like the levels. Like you, I, you have a problem. I, okay, take 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 the shoes off. I know I know how to solve the problem. All right, take the socks off, and then I will solve it for you. And then just put her foot on the couch, and Larry starts masturbating. It, it, it is an odd, odd scene, and it's just a weird scene to watch. Yeah, and. <laughs> Props to the actor and actress. They, their facial expressions really sold the like the scene. Larry's a is a perfect just 
like evil prick, a creepy prick. A simp. <laughs> uh, simp is like too kind for that. Like straight up creep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, man. Yeah, it was kind of threw me off guard. I was like, what is she doing? And then towards the end, I'm like, oh, oh, no. Ew, basically. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, that uh, yeah, that was the most talked about as far as far as I saw. They're they're probably like you know the maybe I'm on the wrong side of Twitter, but that that's what I saw. Um, yeah, so there there was that scene. Um, Larry's is basically going to clear out the spies within her ranks. Basically, what came out the main thing that came out of that besides the <coughs> whoops, sorry, A little cough there. Main thing that came out of that other than that foot fetish stuff was that her head, Allison's head maid, is the head spy that's leaking out all the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised she hasn't been locked up or, you know. No, oh, no, she was locked up, remember? Like, she- in, the, in the early morning, they started, they led the oh. maids to, like, this prison. And it's not shown what's happening to them yet. There was also a weird scene where, like, a building was on fire. I don't know what, I don't know if that was the building that the maids were in, but yeah, there's a there's a lot that happens, and it's very unclear what's going on. At first, I thought that was the building where I saw Damon go into to meet up with uh, what's her name, Renera. No, his second wife. The oh, the lady. Okay, yeah, was this called her the lady? I don't remember her name either. So that's what I thought the building was, but I would have to watch back like an episode or two to be assured so overall i thought it was a really good episode it like you in the first half like you basically have a a weird um like stealth mission going on if this was a game you have a stealth mission and then it slowly escalates into you know into a bit of a climax and then has a very uh, a, a weird foot fetish scene in the middle for some reason and then it and then it crescendos into the actual climax which was the dragon uh, like now it set it sets up the next step chapter, which is going to be Renera finding out what the fuck just happened, and assume assumably this is how the House of the Dragon falls apart. Yeah, I guess we shall see how it ends. I guess. Do you still are you still like feeling Allison at all, or she's just a full blown villain at this point? At this point, she's just she's just gone uh, mental. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Like, she. I don't think there's any way for her to like turn face ever <laughs> in the next episode, yeah. or if she ever survives uh, the next season. I, I would say there is, just because this is almost not even relating to her. There is still a little bit of humanity, like as mentioned. Like the reason why the princess didn't kill her is because she's a mother, and you know, mothers like mothers can't be evil, totally, but. The the one reason why I think she's not fully gone yet, and she can't turn baby face. Her father is a fuckhead. Fuck <laughs> that guy, man. Like this power hungry sack of shit. You you corrupted your 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 daughter. You basically ruined her life forever. And it's like, yeah, this is all this is all caused by him. He's the real villain of, of this of this uh of this series. But Owen, Allison looks just like her mother. Oh, isn't that just the greatest like characteristic of just you know a, a power hungry dad whose wife happened to die and then is left with their daughter? And also, this is Game of Thrones. Like the implications of that. Like, come on. <sighs> yeah, uh, this hmm. we'll have to see. I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, I'm excited for next episode. I am not looking forward to waiting another year for season two, though. Oh, that's going to be brutal. No, I mean, I I just try to remember all the other like shows that I've watched the first season of and still waiting for a second here and there, especially on Netflix. Netflix is has now been notorious for, what you would call it, <laughs> not releasing a second season now. Yeah, they're they're trying to rebound a little bit. Although, like you know, from what I've saw from Philip DeFranco, they have kind of rebounded in terms of subscribers. Um, but um, there's a lot of shows on HBO I can I guess I can watch. Like people keep telling me Succession's really good. I don't get it. 
maybe one of these days I'll finally watch it. Like I, I got to like episode four and I just couldn't. Maybe I'll find a way to get through, but maybe I'll just watch Succession in the in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, anything else you want to quickly talk about uh, before we call this an episode? Uh, I don't think so. Pretty much. Uh, let's see if we can get a W against uh, Clippers. Which is it going to be at home? It is going to be at home. Mm, and okay. maybe. We'll get to see Keegan Murray. Uh, so Keegan Murray is out of health and safety protocols. Uh, right, he, he, he did go through, he did go through a uh, practice. Mike Brown says he wants to go through at least like one or two practices before he puts him back on the floor, which kind of puts him in line to get back uh, to get back Saturday. Yep. We missed him on uh what you you, call it? Wednesday. You missed, you missed him. Yeah, I missed him. You missed him. I, I was uh, excited because I saw the news about him clearing then I was like, oh, so he's not playing still. <laughs> he's like, y'all didn't pay enough money. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully uh, I, I will be at the Clippers game. Uh, un- unfortunately, uh, Fawn will not be <laughs> at the Clippers game. Uh, maybe I'll get to see Keegan. I'll tell you how good he is in person. Mm-hmm. Sadly, I probably won't be able to watch Saturday's game either. Now oh, that really? I, oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I'll be soloing that one too. Um However, I mean, like, you know, it sucks that we lost the first game. You can't deny that. You can't deny that Keegan Murray makes a difference that game, I think. I guess we'll see because, um, let's see, I guess everyone's healthy in the Clippers. Let me check. Uh, Kawhi came off the bench today, which was really odd. Really? That is odd. Yeah. And right now they're destroying. I mean, like the, the, Cl- the Lakers actually came back in the second quarter, but like they're getting trucked right now in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that goes. Like, I want to see, like, I really want Keegan Murray to come back. Cause I want to see what this team looks like with Keegan Murray in the regular season. Cause like the, the thing with his scoring is that it comes so naturally. It doesn't take away from anyone. Like I'm not comparing these two at all, but like Zion it, against the, against the Nets. He didn't force anything. They didn't have to run a play for him. They just gave him the ball and he, and he ate Ben Simmons up like barbecue chicken, just <laughs> naturally. Like, again, doesn't take away from the offense, doesn't dominate the ball or anything, just eight guys alive. And Keegan, I feel, has that, has a certain, has that kind of effect. Now, of course, not to that volume and just, you know, dominance, but like, you know, you add like Keegan's 15 points, for example. It's a very different game and you know trey lyles was like kind of good towards the end but like you know trey lyles ain't no keegan murray yeah i mean he did his best uh from what i could remember i mean yeah two threes in the fourth were nice but those were his only two threes like just again the extra just scoring punch like then you don't then De'Aaron doesn't have to do as much on offense like you can you can kind of spread the love a little bit i think he can end up being a connector for this team we'll see but you know, like Keegan Murray, I think changes the game, especially off the bench. Like that, that boosts your bench so much. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. It doesn't <laughs> look like I was. I thought you were going to say something. But uh, anyways, uh, so anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> like I said, I don't know what else. Um, the reason why I'm, I guess, I'm not going to be watching. Uh, the Kings game is because I'm going to another game. Oh, you're going to the Niner game or some shit? No, there, there there's no football. Well, there is football on Saturday, but it's the Cal game. Oh, Berkeley. Oh. Yeah. I, I I will say it is interesting looking at the scores of uh of college football. It's like 49-49. I was like, God damn, you don't see that in the NFL, I don't think. No, not really. It's a whole different monster. Like I said, it's I'm surprised scouts for um, football are <laughs> working this much because it's uh, there's a lot of players you have to consider and a lot of positions. While in basketball, it it seems like, I mean, not not as hard, I would say. Uh, so wait, are you? Uh, well, uh, well, I guess are are you a cow fan or is this just a one time thing? Yeah, I support uh, what you would call California basketball. Uh, I guess. 
I mean, well, then you better be supporting the Hornets because they are undefeated right now. So I've heard, yeah, good, good for them. So shout out to the shout, shout out to the Sac State Hornets. Maybe one of these days I'll go to a football game. I, I never went uh, during my four years in a at Sac State, unfortunately. Neither have I, but I have, for some reason, watched uh, Hornets versus Davis game on TV somehow, um, where uh, I guess. Uh, Sac State won against uh, Davis. I forgot what year it was. Maybe 14 or 15? I have a memory of it. I I don't know the exact date, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and we actually won the Causeway Classic that um, year and took home the trophy. Yeah, so, you know, shout out to Sac State Hornets football. Like, got to show some love to our our fellow Hornets. So, yeah. uh, should I ask you one more time if you got anything else going? If you got anything else to say, uh, or should I just call it an episode? <laughs> we should just call it. We should just call it an episode. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this one. Uh, Fong was able to be there live, and I will get to be there live. And hopefully, this one's a W because uh, unfortunately, the regular season streak has not been broken for either one of us just yet. No, it has. No, it hasn't. I wish it was for the Trailblazers game. And, you know, this is also, I think, the fourth, maybe fifth opener I've been to, and so far, all losses. So, Which is, like, crazy, because last year, we were in Portland. We smoked them for, we smoked them at, like, in Portland for much of the game, up until the very end. But, like, it, I don't know. The atmosphere is there. Like, let's not, like, the, it's not on the fans. There's something about the atmosphere that just... Like it maybe just overloads the king, the king's players a little bit. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, at least from this game, I got a free shirt, right? <laughs> we'll see if I can get a free shirt. This is a second game. Maybe. Did you get a poster or anything, or like a no, bag? I actually did not see any posters or bags. I did get there a little late because, uh, you know, um, not due to traffic, but we kind of parked a little far. That's why you go with Owen. Owen always gets it on time. He always pays. He always gets in one of those garages, and we get there on time. Oh, yeah. And we have time to probably walk around the arena once or twice, really. Yeah. So Owen is a responsible game manager. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not going to ask you again because – we already know what the answer is going to be so all right well thank you guys for listening uh we'll catch you guys on the next one and hopefully it's after a win and probably we'll be doing it solo because Vaughn's going to be a busy topic maybe are you do you want to talk about cow uh football <laughs> no we don't have to because i believe it's against washington this week i i forgot and washington no. are is, you sure you don't want to be taking notes during the game honestly i don't think i'll be taking notes during my game so i don't know if you want to (laughs) are we talking about the cow game or the king's game i'm just gonna assume no all right well thank you guys for listening uh we will get back to you maybe a day after because you know i'm probably not gonna do an episode like right after the game so anyways thank you guys for listening we'll catch you guys on the next one probably on sunday yeah we'll see you guys later